I'm actually incredibly smart. It just never comes across. Hello and welcome to D&D Valiant Odyssey. Guys, I'm with the Forgotten Four. I've got Baron Barnabas, Morvan, Gorgonbort, Rangar, and you guys are happy to be here. I'm reusing it. <laughs> I'm reusing it. You guys had just taken down a sandy electric lizard in the Wormspine range whilst searching for Little Bear's totem in the Archaic to guide you to the path. To be able to find a way to defeat Delnak the Outcast, which you are solely responsible for letting out of the spirit-bound tome. The destruction yeah, right. the world is facing <laughs> is all your fault, and you're trying to fix it. Sweet. And we're spinning it off as if, uh, hey, there's something really big coming, <laughs> not really letting anyone know that we did it. It's just, <laughs> no, we, we just, we got to do this quest. Yeah, <laughs> and we are it. such an honourable <laughs> bunch of heroes that we <laughs> yeah. will take it upon ourselves. <laughs> To do this quest for the Gotta put this genie back in the bottle. And we expect to be paid. (laughs) (laughs) So, guys, we're going to kick it off. You guys had just had a short rest after defeating this predator-like creature with Braxen and Ren in tow. So, as you guys begin getting yourselves ready to venture off once again, Morvan, you come out of your trance having identified the armor you found from the skeleton in the crack. Having looked at it, you found it to be a hunter's coat. Uh, guys, uh, I found this hunter's coach in a crack. It is plus. We don't do stats. No, just say it is extremely well made. It is. It has a magical essence. It is well made. It has a bit of a necromancy vibe about it. So if anyone wants it, feel free to take I it. I see. I see. Ranga sees Braxton like fucking go for it. <laughs> he's, just like, he's like, who felled the beast, little brother? <laughs> he looks to you and his hands outst- extended to Morvan and he says, you get fucking everything. <laughs> I don't feel that's accurate. I just lost my rapier. Take the fucking armor. I don't get hit anyway. It, only if everyone else doesn't mind. It's a uh, plus one leather, guys. Um, so no, no, I go just... right ahead. It's fine. Absolutely fine. And he will uh, he'll doff his Ooh. breastplate and fit it up. It actually qu- feels quite snug on the body. He's, you know, it's actually increased his agility, I feel. The breastplate's a little bit hard in some spots, but mm. uh, it feels see- very... Yeah, you can see some of the Renewed. the patches of the armor across the shoulders and also across the torso have been hardened through through the the boiling of oil across the leather. You can see that it's it's quite well made. There's some intricate designs across the chest piece, but the joints are really fluid when you move it as well. So it offers you protection and also maneuverability. Mm. It's really good. So as this armor is exchanged, you begin making your way east once again. You watch as the rocky crags tower above you the sun is blocked out in portions by the circling of winged beasts moving across the sky they take no mind of you as they continue their hunt throughout the day you hear them call almost like a velociraptor through the sky ducking and weaving you make sure that you are stealthy in your approach as you move through you watch as the spine begins to become less and less dense the rocky outcroppings further and further apart, which lays way to more sand underfoot. And it's very loose. Trudging through, it's hard to go step after step without faltering and slipping. As you make your way out of a ravine, the first thing that you are met with is a billowing gale of wind. 
it blows your hair, it blows your armor, it blows your cloaks to the point where it becomes hard to accelerate forward because the wind is resisting you so much. You're speaking to each other within 10 feet, but you're unable to hear properly because of this massive gale. You also feel the sand buffeting against the raw parts of your skin, cutting it as it does like small shards of glass. You're in a very ravenous area. Everybody roll perception checks with disadvantage. Remember your exhaustion. Perception, so that'd be a six. Ten for Ringo. That's a four for Baron Barnes. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, uh, yeah, I got three. How lucky. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so between the four of you and Braxton also, it's hard to see. You watch as Ren begins to cover his face with a scarf and you can see him almost hugging his way into Braxton and co- him covering him with his cloak. You guys can't really see much ahead of you as you trudge. Um, Morvan, I'll get you to roll a navigation check after you've been walking in this area for an hour. I'd say whilst he's doing that, Ranga's going to start affixing the hempen rope to everyone just to make sure that no one gets... Okay, I'll say that's happening as you guys are walking along. You kind of tether yourselves together. 10 plus 12, 22. Despite the fact that you are absolutely buffeted by this sandstorm, you look towards the map and it's almost like a blue shining arcane light that leads you and guides you along your way. You're probably less than an hour away from the point at which you know Orion's sword points to in the worm spine. The region that you're in denotes that you may be close to finding where Little Bear rests. You're careful in your footfalls. What's my marching order? Who's first? Who's last? Put Rengar first with uh he's gonna proc uh wand of magic detection as well. Yep. Uh, as it just so as he's walking as a ping. See if he pings anything. Okay. Yep. So that's thirty foot range, right? Correct. I will go last. No, Morvan will be somewhere in the middle. Barney gonna be behind me. Yeah, Barney Barnabas behind. And Brax is in the middle with Ren. Shielding the the little uh the little invisible the little one. ones. You are traveling in pretty much a straight line, but there's five to ten feet between each of you and you're kind of staggered in your walking a little bit. Morvan, as you take a step, you watch as your foot falls into the sand, approximately down to the knee. As you then go to remove it, you find it doesn't. Ringa, Barnabas and Brax, as you begin to continue walking forward, you feel the rope getting taut as you notice somebody stopped moving behind you. Gorgonboard, as you pick up the rear, you can see just off to your left, Morvan sunk down to his knees and he has stopped. What's going on, Morvin? What are you feeling? What? Let's go. Come on. My legs are a bit stuck. Must just be the, some suction. Give me a shoulder. Don't pop, get too close. Like Everyone, just look down and check. Have a look at what you can see on the ground. I don't I don't feel anything. Is there anything like, grabbing is your it, foot? Like, grabbing my foot or I just feel like it, it's... It just feels like a pressure. And you do feel like as much as you struggle to try and get it out, you're mm. sinking further and further. Your second, oh, I am your, sinking. Your second leg also, as you go to move it forward, oh. begins to feel that friction as well. You watch mm. as Morvan slowly begins to descend to his thighs. Can we start pulling another way in like a V formation? Just, yeah, just I, see if I we can agree. Well, well, yeah, if there's out, rope around, be... I'll grab onto the rope and yeah. say, give me a hoink, I'm <clears> sinking. So Morvan grabs onto the rope. You watch as you all begin to step forward. And as you do, Rengar, you go to take one more step and Braxton puts a hand on your chest and he looks down and he says, Earth's off there. The lizard you ate this morning might send you to the bottom. And you look and you can see that the sand sort of 
begins shifting underneath your feet and you can see that Morven is definitely well and truly within this shifting piece of sand. You all grab the rope and you, one of you may roll a athletics check with advantage. If you're exhausted, obviously that factors in. I'm also feeling lucky though because I just rolled two twos. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so that's your second lucky. Oh, thank God. Uh, 23. You're taking the anchor on this Scorgon board and you can watch your allies in front of you beginning to pull as well. The rope slipping, your feet also slipping everybody as you are starting to pull on the rope. You watch as Ren does his best. He grabs the rope behind his head and starts to run <laughs> the other direction to try and help Morven out. Gorgon Bort, you the rope slips through your hands and as it does, you hear a voice in your head that says, come on, grab the, grab the fucking rope. You can I'm do this. Grabbing the damn rope. As you grab the damn rope and you just rage into this pool, you watch then as Morven, you begin to slowly move and lift your way out. And nothing's coming out with him? Not that you can see. Okay. Catching a worm. A worm bait. I was going to say we're fishing. I don't know if that would be the best bait. No, a bit small. <laughs> Best bait is the one that catches the uh, the target. Yeah. I call my fish targets too. To, uh, <laughs> does Rengar sense anything else going on in this area at all? It seems like a or natural just the, formation, yeah. almost as if, as you look at it, it's almost like there is a depression uh, where some loose sand might be fitting and it might just be deeper in that portion. Yeah. Maybe we need to watch out for that in our further travels. Just so, maybe steer to the ridges instead of the depressions. Yeah, and like, like a sand whirlpool just mm. sucking down. And maybe go in a straight line. That would probably help us. Perhaps Morvan could uh, direct us further to the east in the direction we need to go. And brother, you could monitor where we step. We'll follow your path. I was going to say, can uh, can Ellie hop up there and give us at least a bit more warning? Uh, well, I, I can use Ellie to try to look for soft sand depreciation but again I I can't see while I'm looking through his eyes yeah I'd need if I can if I carry you and you can just do alley and we can, can just keep walking wear him as a backpack yeah uh, exactly. I've got mine yeah. <laughs> red, red waves hi <laughs> all right so uh, roll your perception check with alley and I'll get Rengar to roll a survival check to monitor your footfalls as you go 17 as Rengar you make a perfect snaking path through the sand and as you look at it now and more than from above, what was Ali's roll? 13. 13. You do see small patches of darkened sand that you are accurately avoiding, Rangar, as you begin making your way through. With the wand pinged as well, 30 feet. The range doesn't pick anything up in your immediate vicinity. However, Ali, as you're looking through with more than attached, you do see a dark splodge in the distance, about 500 or so feet away, nestled in between two large rocky outcroppings. It's like... 30 foot protruding out of the sand. You can see two spires and almost like a cave sort of entrance almost, but it seems architectured. I still can't see, so I'll just talk loudly into 500 feet structure ahead. It's like the size of a, of a house or a dwelling. As you get within 100 feet of it, you all see it as the wind begins to part. It's buffeting extremely loudly, but through the breaks, you do see this house-like sized structure to... Uh, stone pillars coming off of the each side of it and you can see what looks like a half buried entryway that seems to lead down into the sand looking around you can see that the caverns and the the spires around you of the worm spine seem to be hundreds of feet off of you but it seems to like encompass down and further through towards the east if you were to continue on your path so there is rocky outcroppings around here but this is sort of in a little bit of an open space is there light or is it just 
Yeah, it's obscured by the um, the sandstorm, but there is light. It doesn't appear to be coming from the actual splodge. Splodge, yeah. And as you get, do you get within the thirty feet of it? I'd, I'd, uh, I'd say stealthily. We, <laughs> otherwise, I'd say Ali can go. I can see you up can to hundred feet, Ali, and I might go. I'll. De- Ranga's going to detach his rope from the group and just try and progress his way out. Yeah, and probably nod to Brax too if. He wants to poke along and nod to Morvan to keep an eye up high. Is there, um, like, is, is it steps that go down into this thing or is it just a... You can't really see at the moment. It's just an okay. opening that you see. Yep. At this point, you watch as Brax says to you, Rengar, he says, I'll stay with the group and make sure they don't fall down any more sand holes. Perhaps you shouldn't go check it out. On my way. With Morvan's bird. I'll perch Ali on your shoulder as we did in the uh, yeah, amphitheater. that's good. That works well. And no, I just relay what I see through Ali. All right, so the rest of you sit tight. Rengar, roll a stealth check if that's how you're approaching. Is that at disadvantage or no? It's a skill check, so it will be, but you have your boots of Elven kind. Yeah. So it'll be straight. Straight roll. Oh, man. 14. Roll a perception check, please, for Auli, and you can roll one for yourself, Rengar, with disadvantage. 21. Nine. All right, so Rengar, you're being as stealthy as you can, but the sound of the wind is is actually helping a lot more than you, you sort of think, so you time your footfalls for the wind blowing. You get yourself buffeted up against one of the stone spires, and as you do approach, you can see that it looks like it's crumbled in ruin. You can see some of the sand seems to be well eroded away, and there is a set of stairs that go down. Some of them seem to be shaved off with the sheer amount of... Um, Just wear from the wind. Wear yeah. from the wind. You can't really see too far down, but you get a ping from your magical wand. This area is completely engulfed in celestial magic. Ali, as you look down, you can see a small arcane glow about 50 or so feet down the bottom of the stairwell passed through the sand. You also see with your 21... Can he hear me? Sorry. You can speak to the owl and yeah. Morvan can hear you. Okay. But I can't. It's just not blasted there, through. so... Is there, is there anything there? Using Ali's gently pinches your shoulder. Pressure once. with the talon. Mm. Yep. I reckon you just ask yes or no questions. How, how far away are they? Edge of 30 feet or I'd more? say they'd be more 50 or so feet behind because you didn't detect on the, on yeah. the wand while you were with them. Uh, well, too I'll far speak away. and I'll say, magic everywhere. It's all around me. And, and uh, if you guys want to just come a little bit closer, I'll pro- probe in a little bit further. You guys here. <laughs> <laughs> but can I relay that through Yes, Alan? you can. Yeah. And I'm yeah. going to move towards the light. You said celestial energy, correct? But is there any writing he can see on any of the rocks no. or anything? No, you can see the pillars just seem to be... If there was anything carved mm. in stone, it's worn oh, away right. completely. Okay. Morvan does speak celestial. Anyways, but he's going to probe in a bit further, probably just going from ruin to ruin. So as you get to the top of the stairwell, looking down, you can see there are some spires around you. As I said, was a house sort of size dwelling half buried in the sand because of the, the storm. But as you look down, you can now see Rango yourself, the small arcane glow that seems to be ebbing in this yellow light. It's the only light that you see down in there as the darkness is just under the ground. And it's probably about 50 feet down and as, as it declines steadily mm. on the stairwell. Does it look familiar as it's shape-wise or anything that I can make out or no? It doesn't look like firelight. That's one thing that you can denote. It's definitely arcane. Okay. Morvan, you better uh, better come take a look at this. Well, I'll go up next to Angar. Considering you're already in there, I'm going to stay at the at the top I'll, I'll keep watch from something at this stage where they know it's like one way out so I'll stay there at, at the entrance Moving might just go like 
five feet down the stairs or so, and then I might send Ali ahead, see if he sees anything uh, lurking. So you send Ali down the stairs? Yeah, I'll stay at the top and send Ali down. All right, so I'll say all of you gather at the top of the stairs. Brax in there with Ren as well. Renga, you're closest to the doorway, but Ali swoops off of Morvan's shoulder now and down. Oh, sorry, Rengar's shoulder and down into the... 18 perception. All right. You go down the 50 feet, about 30 or so feet down. You can see that the rocks are completely broken and it's just a pit-like chasm that seems to um, indicate broken stairwell, but Ali flies straight, flies straight over it and descends the rest of the staircase and goes into the room where the ebbing light is. Across from you, there is a stone set of tiles. It's almost like the, the top part of this, the, the part where you immediately get into where the, the stairs meet is all covered in sand, probably due to the, the sand blowing in. You see the end part of the room is just completely tiled in sandstone and there is a massive dais on it, this stone column that seems to be exuding this yellow light. On the top of that, you can see three triangles poised together. You can see a picture of a man and a woman and some writing around the top. Can I see what the writing is through Ali's eyes? I relay that the stair path is broken. It's almost like the dais itself is exuding this light. It's like there is a light within it that just ebbs. So there's more of a sense and this is almost like an altar perhaps for praying, I guess. I didn't, I saw a celestial, not a god. It's definitely celestial. wasn't a god. I suppose celestial is our gods, yeah. Roll history check. Wasn't the three triangles the yeah, symbol for the... I thought, I thought the there was something to there? do with that. Can we... Can <sighs> Rengar make a check to see if he recognises... Is there a star sign that he aligns to it? Does Rengar note any of that? Like, probably not because you, you're only hearing about it at yeah. the moment. History, wasn't it? Yep. Nine. The symbol looks familiar to you. What about the uh, words that were written the around it? The words are in a language that you do read. It says, with time comes integrity. Morn says, uh, tell that to Delnak. <laughs> Braxton looks to you all and says, is this it? I feel like a celestial glowing pillar in the middle of a the mm. worm spire is what we're looking for. I don't know. Ringo's like, he's sort of looking at it, thinking, and he's just, it just exhales. He's like, little bear, little bear. I'll disappear. I send Ali back to his little realm and say, oh, guys, I think this is worth investigating. Let's head on down. Uh, just watch out for this chasm. 15 feet's jumpable for some of you. How far will you fall? You don't know. It was further than Ali could see. Then right. he's got 120 feet. Oh, shit. Efficient. Yeah, right. Oh, shit. While this is being said, Rengo's fucking tying the, uh, another rope to his arrow and just going to try and string up a, a, like, a thing that we can get over. So I'll say all of you get out of the wind into the stairwell, which you can see is about 15 feet wide. And the quietness from here, hearing the sound behind you of the wind buffeting, is it's completely calming as you walk in. You will get this sense as well, walking in like a buzz, like a radiant buzz as soon as you move in there. Not harmful, but there's definitely an arcane presence here, as if something's charging or there is an essence here. You begin to make your way down to the chasm, and as you get there, you can see it's probably 15 feet wide. You look down, and Braxton kicks a stone off the edge, and you just hear it. Plunk. Like that, water plunk? Yep. That's a long way down. Yep. Be a shame if someone were to, and he grabs your shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> Fall, Gorgon boy. Ranga's real transfixed on this, like, object, and he just, you guys would be a little bit, like, weirded out by it, because he's not normally like this, and he's very focused on, like, mm. just keep saying little bear, 
little bear and he's just mulling over the thought and the process. How, how deep you reckon that water is, Brax? You find out. How, how many, how long was that? How many seconds did it take for that rock to get down? About six. I'm thinking too much. I'm actually incredibly smart. It just never comes across. <laughs> uh, As the rope is tied to the arrow, you sling it and you shoot it across the way. You have the rope held in your hand. You pull it, doesn't seem to move. Toy. Pays to be light, I guess. I'm going to tie it off and just go straight across. Beringer's like literally wants to get there. Okay. So you arm over arm, commando style, you get to the other side, drop down. Braxton goes next with Ren holding onto his back. He'll just arm over arm monkey style it. I, I look back and I say, maybe the heavier ones probably should. He, like, he um, looks at his arrow and he's I was like, always going to jump. I was going to say, let, yeah. let the yeah. lighter ones go. And if, if, if it breaks or if it gets weak, we'll just jump over. It should be right. It's only 15 feet. I don't trust if Elf does anyway, so I'm going to jump. What's your strength score? 18. You can make it. You literally jump and you make it. <laughs> Mine's 16. So you as well, Gorgon Boy, you, you run. Both of you together, I'll say in unison, you look at each other and jump. <laughs> Land on the other side, gymnasts stand, both of you. That's a good t-shirt. <laughs> well, I guess Morvan's going to do hand over hand as well. Yep. And then you go over the rope as well. The rope is still remaining there. You watch as you follow the arrow line into the room and you guys enter for the first time seeing it with your own eyes Morvan and everybody else you can see this it's about 25 feet across by probably 35 feet long this rectangular room and towards the end section in the last 20 feet you can see that it's tiled with this heavily polished sandstone this stone dais almost like a pillar rises up about 10 feet tall that symbol of the triangles exuded in the middle the writing below there is an arcane light in this area Braxton looks at this device and says I've never seen anything like this before. You said there was sand covering the tiles. Can Morvan sort of dust away and see if there's anything actually... Yep, you do it with your foot. And as you do, there's probably about three or four centimetres of sand. You can see the same tiles below your feet. But I'm not seeing any writing or any symbols or anything on... No. What's Ren look like right now? Uh, He's transfixed. Ringer's just going to like sort of motion over to Braxton and Ren. And he's going to put his hand on Ren's shoulder and he's going to walk towards the pillar. With Ren? With Ren. Alright. He looks to you trustingly and walks with you. And then when he approaches the pillar, he's going to put his hand on the pillar. Rengar is? Okay. And he's going to speak the words, Little Bear, we need your guidance. Rengar's looking, oh sorry, Ren is looking at you with his deep blue eyes as you do this you slowly extend your hand almost tremblingly towards the pillow and as you put your hand on it Morvan you hear an ethereal voice that says with time comes integrity as your hand touches it you watch as the pillar begins to shake you watch as sand begins to fall from the ceiling stones begin to fall small ones a massive crack comes from the pillar the light turns green and it begins to circle around this pillar and as it begins to turn green you watch as from the floor these two individuals begin to rise you can see these ghostly figures just sort of stand up heavily armored pole arms in hand you can see that they are celestial in their make this buffeting wind begins to surround all of them you can hear the howling from outside and you watch as they begin advancing towards you Rangar as they do, they look like they're about to strike at you. What do you do? 
I motion with Ren and I'm staring them blank in the eye and I put him in front of me. Okay, as they move towards you, both of them will try to attack you. The first one's going to miss with like a, it's probably going to be like a six or something. And then the next one will be a 21. That will hit. Meanwhile, Baron Barnum's looking at Rengar like he's a long lost ally. Sacrificing the child. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So that will be, it'll be a 23 actually. So that will hit. The other one will miss. This pole arm slings forward from this ghostly figure, dealing four points of radiant damage to you, slashes straight across, and you watch as one of them in a language you don't understand shouts something at you more than you hear it saying unproven. And it almost rocks. You guys hear it in Celestial, but it rocks the whole cavern and you hear it just say unproven through the whole thing. Um, at that point, we'll roll initiative because they're going to keep going. What have you done, Ranga? What What do their halberds look like? Describe them to me. <laughs> <laughs> they're ethereal pole arms and you can see the top of it is almost like a, like a moon shape uh, and the back of it is almost like a spike that you can see. Braxton watches as he moves Ren towards the corner. He'll stand in front of him, draw his bow, hold an action and say, Rengar, Rengar, do I shoot? Hold, hold. And he'll just... He'll hold and if they attack you again, he will lose an attack. Yeah. Uh, That brings us then to Gorgonbort's turn. What would you like to do? You see these two ethereal-like warriors, celestial in their armor as they approach Rengar, both glaives drawn. You're hearing a language you do not understand in this area as it's just continually shaking. And I've heard, I've just heard Rengar tell Brax to hold. So I'm assuming he wants me to hold as well. I have no idea what's going on in this area. Arcane and this magic shit is not really my deal. So I'm going, I'm also going to prepare a javelin, one of these makeshift ones that I've got, and I will hold. Holding your javelin above your shoulder, aiming as best that you can. Um, it then comes to Rengar's turn. Rengar, you hear Ren saying, Rengar, they're not stopping. What do we do? And it's at that moment. Roll a d10 for me. Roll three. You look at your hand. As you look at it, you watch as your skin begins to loosen. Your muscles begin to atrophy. You look at the hair around you. And those of you looking at Rengar, you can see the black and white of his beard begins to turn more white. You can see the top of his hair gets more grayed. You've just aged 30 years. You get away from that uh, pillar there, Rengar. He will move Ren behind him with one hand. He will put one hand on the weapon that hit him and he will say, When will I be proven? And that's what he'll say. And that ends his act. That will bring us to Morvan's turn. Can Morvan roll like a insight or a counter or something to try to suss out the situation, try to get a feel? Because uh, Morvan's thinking that these are here to test us to see if we are proven. There's more thinking that we should be attacking. But is there, was that just. Roll an insight check. And so, did that, when he aged 30 years, was that instant or do we watch him like in, in a short period you of time really, get older and older you can't really tell that it was 30 years but within six seconds you watched as he started to yep, so age in, in appearance okay not significantly because he is an elf but yep. but it's happening as he was touching it's happening it. as it's, he was touching yeah. it right. it's a seven seven i with don't a seven know. you they look aggressive Alrighty. I think Morvan's just gonna cast slow on those two wisdom 16 save uh, the first one's a natural 20, and the second one is a 7. Right. So, so one of them is completely slowed. 
Yeah. So speed halved, minus two AC, and dexterity throws. Can't use reactions, and can either use an action or a bonus action, not both. And it can only make one uh, melee or range attack joints. All right, cool. That then brings us to Baron Barnabas' turn. What do you do? Uh, I'll approach. Okay. Slowly trudges forward. Probably, yeah, beside him. You watch as this towering Goliath makes his way towards Rengar, and as you get up closer to him, you can you can see the wrinkles on his face seem to have been extended with his recent aging. You look older, Elf. I'll pull out uh, two of my daggers from my braces, and I'll see everyone else is waiting, and I think, okay, maybe they know something I don't know. And I'll stare into the celestials and see if I can't pick up any insights, but I'll hold as well. Roll a history check or insight, your choice. Went there rather way. Uh, six history. It was it was on it was okay. on twenty four for a second. As you look at these creatures, you look at the symbol on the dais behind. You can see it glowing and ebbing. You've seen that symbol before. It's been drawn for you. It's been shown for you before. Mm. And you feel like that has an answer somewhere for this situation. These yeah. celestials are approaching. They look aggressive, but that symbol holds the answer. What do I what do I remember of it? With a six, nothing. You just remember it's familiar. <laughs> Got something to do with the symbol, guys. If you all <laughs> focus on that, I'll keep them at bay. And then he's going to try and maintain the attention of the... All yeah. right. You hear um, Braxton say, Ringer, get the boy out of there. And battle is no place for him yet. What's Ren doing behind me? He's still just standing there. He's holding on to the back of your armor. He's just going to say to Ren, it's up to you. Uh, that then brings us to their turn. The one that is slowed... You watch as he stabs his glaive into the ground and you watch this aura immediately exude from him and the wind just buffets and anyone within... Is it a magic spell? If the creature attempts to cast the spell with casting time of one action, roll a d20 on 11 or higher. The spell does not take effect until the creature's next turn. It is affected by the slow spell. I rolled an 18. So you can see this is starting to pick up. It looks like it's going to hurt you if you remain within it. It is expanding in its radius too. All right, the next one around uh, that is not slowed will probably take two strikes at you, Rengar. Uh, the first one is going to be an eight. The second one is going to be a 14. They both miss, so Rengar will just glance, glance. Yep, Halberd just <laughs> straight across the sides of you. Ren will have his turn. He will peer out from around the side of you extend his hand and as he extends his hand this green energy moves from his hand and he just zooms this green beam towards one of them and it hits him directly into the chest and as it does the pieces of this ethereal creature just begin to fracture and move away from the central point as to where he was hit as he begins to break apart he is like flickering like a static on the tv and as he does that Ren you can feel is almost exhausted as he does and he lets it out and he's going to use his movement to back up into the corner with Braxton. Because the creature attacked you Rengar, uh, Braxton's going to lose his arrow and that will also hit. So he'll get sneak attack because you're within five feet. Do I get to throw my javelin as well? Yes you do. Uh, he does 12 points of damage. Yeah, it's a 16. Uh, 16 does just hit. Oh god. So I hit him with a five. The makeshift javelin shifts straight through him. It doesn't do as much damage as you thought it would. However, you watch as his fractured energy just breaks apart and you hear this shattering like glass. Uh, one of them is down. Gorgonbort's turn. 
What was uh, Rengar's uh, reaction to killing it? Did you want us to kill it? His original thought is not what it seemed. So he's going to continue to push forward, but it seems unabashed by you killing it. All right, cool. Here we go then. Uh, I will move forward as close as I can to it. I'm going to grab my Chieftain's Fury and... Actually, no, I'm going to give the Great Axe a whirl. Grab that, take a swing. Roll an attack. Uh, that yep. is 17. That is a hit. Roll your damage with the Great Axe. Uh, that is a nine. Nine points of damage. Again, it doesn't do as much as you thought it would. Your axe slings straight through its form and it seems to reform fractally as you do so. Only takes half damage. Oh, I get attacked twice. Did the same thing again. I'll grab it. So go through one way and then back through the other. Go for it. Roll your attack. Uh, that will be a... Oh, it's 15. With its AC, because of slow, it will hit. And again, nine. At that, it is continually trying to put the glaive in the ground uh, due to its spell from the previous turn. Braxton will actually have his turn too because he was supposed to go before you. So he will move himself in front of Ren and he will loose another arrow with sneak attack as well if he hits, uh, which he will. Looses the arrow, only does seven points of damage this time. You watch as his damage is also not doing as much as he thought it would. He's shooting it directly through the top of the head, but it just seems to go straight through. The arrow hits the pillar on the other side and shatters. That then brings us to your turn, Rengar. That symbol is just burning in all of your minds. You remember that it was given to you in association with Little Bear. Yeah. Uh, what does this thing look like exactly? What, what's its eyes look like? What does it... It looks humanoid. It looks ga like Guardian-ish like. Yeah, it's not necrotic at all. You can see it's got very fine features. Its eyes seem to be hollow, like white hollow. It's got a helmet that goes over half of its face and you can see that it's got really uh, nice looking adorned plate armor and it's got this halberd. It's a, it's a warrior. Yeah. How far is Ringo from the actual... Is he still... Like he reached out to touch that thing. It's now gone, isn't it? There's no more. No, it's still there. Yep. It's uh, right in front of you. Am I in melee range of it? Yep. Ringo will retrieve his two magical daggers. Is there anything else around that area that he can see? It's now that he's the right walls. in front of it. Seem to be blank. This pillar, as you get closer, you get a neath, which Morvan has translated for you. But other than that, you just have these words ringing in your mind. The celestial word, unproven. I've been called unproven. Is it still glowing and pulsing? Yep. I'm going to touch it again. All right. Roll a d10. Five. You age 50 years. You watch as that you was, become more and more frail. That was from touching the pillar, not the... Touching the pillar. The wrinkles underneath your eyes begin to grow. Your beard and hair now become almost more white than black. You watch as the weapons in your hands start to grow heavy as you grow weaker. Baby years for enough. You hear... Unproven. Once again, Morvan, you hear it in Celestial Ranger. That can be a bonus action. At his frustration, he's going to just turn around and he's going to double slash this figure. So I imagine you just yelling in frustration, turning around and just double stabbing straight through. So roll two attacks for me, please. Yeah, 18 to hit on both. Both will hit. Oh, do I get sneak attacks? Everyone's in fire. Yes, you no. do. 18 points of damage. All right. So this does seem like it attacks it fully. And as you embed these into it, you watch as it almost cracks like glass from each wound that you embed into the chinks of its armor. It still continues to try and stab the floor, however. It starts to flicker in and out. Morvan, your turn. You're hearing this. You're watching this guardian. I'll get you to roll a quick perception check too. We really need to work out what these symbols are. So six. Uh, the only thing Morvan remembers, I actually thought it was from the tavern where we found Ren and we were 
talked about the myth of Little Bear just simply saying that he guides those to the archaic. Where is the actual symbol? Is it on the pillar or it's is in it? in the center of the pillar towards the top. Oh, so wait, the guy attacking, he doesn't, is it, his hits don't p- age people, it's the pillar that ages people. So. Every time Rengar has touched that pillar, he has aged. Uh, I don't want to get hit by the spell, so I just do my uh, toll of... Sorry, it's a wisdom 16 saving throw for him. He did not. Uh, that's 21 points of necrotic. As you release this spell, you watch as this massive ethereal bell appears behind this guardian. And then it just fizzles out. It is immune to necrotic damage. End of turn. Brings us to Baron Barnabas' turn. Alright, three strikes with the dagger it is. Go for it. Roll your attacks. The two hits. Yep. Nine and eight with the, uh, the magical daggers. So 17 total. You watch as these daggers hit, and as they do, again, fractures, and this creature just crumbles and fractures. Mm. As it's um, cr- fracturing, I grab the halberd. As you do, you grab it, and it fractures in your hand. Humbug. Uh, their turn. It fractures. The one next to it has fractured. There's a moment of peace that hits you. The swirling has stopped. You look at this pillar and you watch as it pulses. You look to the ground and you can see the cracks still in the ground as if a mini earthquake had appeared. Then you watch as these green pieces begin to reform and you watch as both of them just reform again. As they both reform, you watch as they draw their halberds. One will move to engage Gorgonbort. Bring it on. The other one gets behind Rengar and both of them will stab the ground. Both now unslowed, they will initiate their spell. Everybody within 15 feet needs to make a constitution save, please. So Rengar, Barnabas, and Gorgonbort, you need a con save, please. Barnabas was an 18. 21 for Rengar. 20. All of you take five points of radiant damage as this wind begins to buffet and you can see these fractals of green just moving through. And you hear now just like a holy choir singing in this area that seems to come along with the wind. You watch as well as the ground beneath you continues to crack. Uh, and if this continues, you're looking at the structural integrity of this room and it seems like it's there is a time limit to how long you can stay here and figure this out. That's both of their turns. That brings us to Ren. You watch as Ren pokes his hand outside and he says something to Braxton and you hear Braxton say, Try it, little one. Try it. I believe in you. And you watch as he holds his hand out, his green palm flicker to red. And as it flicks to red, you watch as this flame exudes on his hand. He releases it and he lets out a firebolt that looks exactly like Morvan's. He will hit. So necrotic damage doesn't... Yeah, but Ren also did something. Yeah, but we don't know. His his green one didn't affect it. It just fractured him up, but he still stayed the same. So he he was back there thinking to himself, he can't do that again. So Braxton told him to try something else and Mm. he mimicked Morvan's spell. We know it's totem for Little Bear and that's his symbol. You just know that Little Bear guided travellers that were worthy to the archaic. And this was the totem where warriors had gone to and stories have returned about it, but nobody knows how to find the archaic. So you can assume that nobody has been worthy or solved the puzzle or been able to get this far even. It is Braxton's turn. Braxton like scruffles the bald head of Ren and he will again take another shot. Uh, This one will actually miss. So you watch as the arrow flies through. It chinks it away with the halberd as it continues to attack uh, Rengar who seems to be assaulting the the dais. That then brings us to Gorgonbort followed by Rengar. I'm going to run behind it and see if I can see anything. If there's anything else on the dais. Are you just looking at this stage? Yes. Okay. I'm going to go and touch it with Rengar. So you move up behind it. As you look behind it, it is a flat stone. There is no other symbols upon it. Mm -hmm. 
You look at Rengar, you reach out, you touch it, roll a d10. This could be really good or, or really, really bad. bad. <laughs> See, and so we all turn to 100 and wither and die. I got a one. As you go to touch it, Gorgon board, your hand begins to atrophy and you can feel it as it does so. You pull your hand off it just in time and you watch as there is now one streak of grey through your black hair. <laughs> I just look at you and I'm like, that looks dope. Looks That's the really only good. thing that happens to you, but you seem to have aged as well. And you hear ringing throughout the room once again, Morven. As he touches it. It can't That's be good unproven. if it's unproven. Yes, because you touched it again after you aged and you were still, yeah, unproven, still unproven. So the age... Just so you know... Gorgon Bort, your lifespan is like 80 years. I know. Yeah. And you're like a 20-something year old, so now you're like 30-something years yeah. old. You have a limited amount of times yeah, that you can... Do not yeah, touch it. Because if you, maybe roll a 10, prove it. if you roll a 10, you will die. You like, forever. So lucky you didn't. <laughs> if, you, if you roll a d10 and it lands on zero, you will age 100 years and die. Yeah, yeah. Can I do... Can I think back to when we... Yes, you can roll, roll a history check. Roll a history check, yeah. I got uh, 11. You remember sitting around the campfire resting a few nights before Rengar regaling you with stories from when you are at the Sky Spire. He told of a beautiful Air Genasi woman and she told him stories about Little Bear. She told him that he often comes to those who are pure of heart, of those who have proven themselves worthy to gain knowledge that could in fact change the course of reality and time by engaging with the archaic. Remember that night when camping? <laughs> da, 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 da. So uh, you, you guys remember over beers that time? Yeah, it's either Brax or uh, Ren. It, so Ren needs to touch it because he's proven he's the most innocent one here. If he rolls a 10, he's fucking dead too. Maybe, you he's, don't know no, what race he is. No, he's well, a kid. Human. He's human. Oh, he, he seems is. human to seems you guys. Human. And, he's, and he's only like 10, isn't he? He's about 10. Hey, people have lived to 110. Rangers, Ranger, yeah. I'll say you guys are having this conversation whilst dodging and ducking through. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Yeah. Like, like how um, Will and Elizabeth get married on the ship <laughs> just, at the end. Just of totally ignoring these two frigging creatures. As a, yeah, I, th um, I think it's worth a shot. I, I do too. Yell out Ren's name. It's time to grow up. <laughs> With that in mind, roll a constitution save. Uh, you, Me? Gorgon Bort, because it's the start of your turn. Constitution. Fuck me, it's a seven. Okay, so you take full damage, which is still only five, our old shit. So five points of radiant damage from these buffeting winds from the two uh, individuals in front of you. It was actually at um, 13. Do I still take damage? You still do. Okay. You have an action. What would you like to do? Because you've touched it. I'll say that's a bonus action. You haven't used an action yet. Yep. You guys have just been conversing. Telling, uh, telling Ren is not an action. I can tell him to do that. Cool. Ren, go touch the thing, and I pull out my Chieftain's Fury and go to attack one of those fellas that's... Still doing. Go for it. Roll your attack. In the ground. Oh, there we go. 16 plus 8. That will be. That'll hit. 7 plus 5 equals 12. Does do full damage. You watch as the heat exudes through this individual. The orange mixes with the green and just fractures him even more. Uh, that then brings us to Rengar. Yeah, he's going to yell to Ren and say, time to grow up a little Ren. And he's going to say, think you need to touch this. You're the purest of us all. He will turn around and double dagger. person <laughs> directly behind him. <laughs> Uh, we got a 19 and a 27. Both hit. Has that got sneak attack as yes, well? Yes, it does. 14 damage. You stab once again, and this time you slice uh, both horizontally outwards, and you can tell that this thing is uh, looking pretty pretty rough at the moment. Uh, that then brings us to Morvan's turn. So what was the story? It was the Genasi saying someone who wants the pure of heart. Realistic. Well, thing. Morvan's 
curious if he's pure of hearts. So he's going to uh, go forward, touch pillar as well, since he has a couple hundred years to play with. So you remember the Ejinasi to Mira. You remember almost as if she is right there in front of you saying it to you. She says, Those who have faced great evil and chosen the path of righteousness are worthy. She disappears from your mind's eye. Morvan, you walk up to it, move your hand out onto the pillar. You watch as Ren begins to make his way out from behind Braxen. He gets to just behind you, Rengar, as Morvan. You place your hand on the pillar as the crumbling stops, as the ethereal guardians stand to a halt. The pillar glows and flashes. And you watch as the Ejinasi Tamira stands before you. She moves over to you, Morvan. And you hear in Celestial, you are worthy. Because you chucked away that thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's it for this week's episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey. We want to thank you guys for tuning in as always. And our patron of the week this week is none other than Lullaby. So thank you, Lullaby, for being a valued patron. It is because of you that those amazing sound effects within our show are present. We're so thankful for our patrons that we want to allow you guys to contribute to our show. Over on our Patreon, we have a couple of different links that you can click on to submit a name or an item or an NPC that may be used in D&D Valiant Odyssey in the future. This is a good way to get yourself shouted out on our show and for us to show our recognition and appreciation for everything that you do for us. Speaking of our Patreon, the first episode of Tales from the Taproom is out now where I sit down with Michael and also Brian who plays Drew, Ede and Bagram and we break down season two, episode one and two whilst engaging in a couple of little fun side quests as we do it. So if you ever wanted to know what happens behind the screen of D&D Valiant Odyssey, we talk about the what ifs and we talk about all of the different things that could have happened, character motivations, information, all those kinds of things happen at Tales from the Taproom. We have two more of those amazing episodes scheduled for next month. So if you're interested in hearing those sorts of things about D&D Valiant Odyssey, make sure you go and check out our Patreon. The link is in the episode notes below. More exciting news from the Odyssey guys, we have finally launched our official merch store. So if you go to the links in the show notes below, you'll be able to click on the link for our merch store and you can sport your favorite D&D Valiant Odyssey shirts or even just some Dungeons and Dragons shirts to show your love for the game that we all share. If you want to support us in a different way, you can always head on over to our Instagram, which is also in our show notes, and you can follow us Keep up with all the updates from the Odyssey, never miss a beat, and engage with the cast and crew. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for tuning in to D&D Valiant Odyssey, and as always, be valiant.